button record. Yeah. So you press up, press up to, to use for this. If you connect directly to phone, you press down. This camera. Yeah. I was confused because of camera. Yeah. But this is not a smartphone. Oh. No, you're not confused. You you didn't look at this at all. No, I, I look at this because it's camera. When do you look at this? Just now? After you asked me to study. Uh, after yeah. I asked So yes. uh, initially you were not confused. <laughs> so, so this whole concept about knowledge versus wisdom. For example, uh, what is the city that the Buddha was, uh, the Buddha's father uh, ruled over? Can someone tell me? Huh? Sorry? Kosala wrong. Very right. Very good. Kapi Lavastu. Yeah. Uh, that is what we call knowledge. Uh, why? Because you don't. You, uh, some, sometimes you all may think quack, uh, like, <laughs> but quack is very serious when you know when he come to she come to learning dharma. Almost every lesson after class, she may have one or two uh, question to ask. And for some people, it may be like, you see, but it shows that she's very, you know, earnest about wanting to clarify. And sometimes she may ask things that I already explained a few times. Yeah, some students may feel like, yeah, why? Because for her, if she didn't hear, she didn't hear. She don't care Paisei to ask, no. she will still ask. Yes? Great, huh? uh. He learned Wei Si, Zhong Guan. Every time I go, I saw Yeah. So she has been attending Lama class since when? Which batch were you on, SPI? Uh, 2000, I think 2004. Uh, so 2004, I wasn't back yet. So when I. I you were, you were third year. Yeah, when I teach, you were in your third year already. Yeah. Yeah. She was in third year already in SBF. Yeah. I think maybe to Yeah, correct. I think that time at that point in time uh was maybe two thousand seven, huh? I think two thousand six, huh? Oh so early, huh? I keep thinking I started only in two thousand seven. No, it started in two thousand four, five, six, Ah, okay. That should be correct. So I so anyway. Um I uh, in the class, there will be those who ask questions, like Quack, like Wilson, uh, like KS, uh, or sometimes Billing. Billing will ask some questions which I will tell her, don't ask me. Yeah, why? Because some questions, if you don't know, you don't know. Like, what is the city of the Buddha's father that the Buddha father ruled over? Kapilavastu. You either know or you don't know. After today, all of you can will know, yeah. Still don't know. Uh, that means you didn't pay attention. Kapilavastu. Uh, do you know? Do you know how Sufu remember this word? It is from my Sect three, Sect four text. Sect three was in 1980, 1988. That's almost 30 years already. Yeah. Um, I'm not a very good student, uh, but when you learn something, you must remember it. Otherwise, you lose it, lose it, Something you must remember you yeah. Yes. Uh, that's why I, if somebody teach 
How come? How come? Even there's a natural divider. How come? Hey, sit closer lah. How come there's a shift, shift forward, shift forward. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, wait, wait, wait. Never mind. Sorry, sorry. Wait, wait. Eh, come here. Eh, eh, eh. You don't know how to do it. Come here. 哎，你们不要这么严肃了。师傅不是在训你们，师傅在，哎哎，你们不要这么严肃。师傅不是在训训斥，师傅是在分享给你们一个概念。I'm I'm just I'm trying to share with you one simple concept, and it is, um, knowledge versus wisdom. Uh, knowledge. You can learn from Sifu. You can go online. You can read books. Uh, as long as someone know, you can ask the person is willing to tell you. You have knowledge. The limitation. The good thing about knowledge is it's easy to learn. The but hard to retain. Ah, uh, hard to retain because knowledge. For knowledge, ah. Uh, for knowledge. Um, you need to remember every single detail. Knowledge is like that. You must remember all the details. Um, there's another way to retain that information, which is to identify the underlying principle. And this is where just now I mentioned the word dharma has three meanings. The first one is what we usually call all things, things in general, called dharma. Yeah. Then the second meaning is principles. Principles, uh, structure that is also called dharma. Principles and structure is what supports all things. Then how about Buddha dharma? Buddha dharma refers to those principles and structure that supports wholesome things. So you notice that Sifu always repeat one verse: Sabe Sankara Anicati, Zhu Xing Wu Chang. The Buddha didn't say, "Topayo also Wu Chang." Topayo is impermanent. Serangoon also impermanent. Sengkang also impermanent. Amokyo also impermanent. He don't have to go through the whole world. He just share the principle. Then the principle is anything that depends on other things to come together. And the other things are also impermanent. Then the final thing is impermanent. Then you don't have to memorize that. Oh, actually this one impermanent, that one impermanent. <laughs> it's just the principle. Principle is always simpler than the total data, total information. So, how is this relevant to what Sifu was starting off about the voice recorder? And how is voice recorder re- relevant to Dharma? When you look at this. How many of you, when you see all the buttons and flashing light, find it attractive? Most people will not find it attractive. And may I stereotype? Usually, ladies will not find this attractive. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, I don't know why. But most people will not find this attractive because it looks complex. It looks like there's a lot of things, and because there's a lot of things, you feel like wow, you have mental block. You don't even want to look at what the first thing is about. Yeah. So there was a few times I 
I asked some some of you all to help set up. And then there was one time, how to power it on? And the person flip, 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 then, zare. Eh, but actually it's right here. Yeah, I, I mean, do, do, okay, don't, you all don't get offended. Because uh, I'm just using this as, a, as an example. My point is, this represents the Dharma you have not learned. This represents the difficult person that you have not overcome yet. This person, this represents the difficult situation that you still cannot deal with. If you feel like, I never deal with it before, I haven't overcome before, so I cannot overcome, then it's Or, because Sufu never described my situation, this represents that the situation that you are facing that Sifu haven't explained. If you depend on Sifu or any master to explain every single situation in your life, uh, then that is called using Dharma as knowledge. Remember, I don't know whether I asked in this class before, 1024 multiplied by 8. Have I asked you all this question? I, have I asked you all before math question, math question in this class? Never. Okay. 1024 multiplied by 8. What is, what is the answer? 1024. 8181 but most of us don't learn this. But how come you are able to come up with the answer? Simplify them with 8,000 first, then you know, the 90 and then the 4. But in school, did your teacher teach you this set of these two numbers, how to multiply these two numbers? Did the teacher teach you? Never. And how are you, why are you able to do this multiplication? Huh? But multiplication table, did you have 1024 multiplied by 8? Then? But time table don't, don't have 1024 multiplied by 8. Ah, you must multiply yourself, isn't it? And how do you multiply? By using the multiplication rules. Rules are basically principles. Yeah. Think about it. Huh? In school, I can assure you, in no primary school will the teacher teach you 1024 multiplied by 8 because it's too large. <laughs> and they don't need to teach you all numbers. Why? Because 
because they are trying to teach you the principle behind, the rules. This whole world, let me tell you, at some point, one day I wake up, okay, maybe not that I wake up, huh? but one day, in the middle of the day, I suddenly realized, hey, this whole world is all patterns. And the patterns are defined by structures or rules. And this is what we call Dharma. Dharma is a Indian word, so it feels like, oh, very cheap. You just call it rules. Dharma is basically rules and principles. And the rules define this world. This world, everything is pattern, you know. And the, and the pattern itself, the rule itself, is smaller than the whole thing that it describes. Multiplication is just a, a concept in our mind. But with this concept, you can describe all forms of multiplication. You, do, do you see? So, similarly, when we look at this device, yeah, you all have never used it before, ma, because always Sifu is the one who set it up. Yeah. So one day, I, I, started, I started to realize I'm not being a good Sifu. Because I have counseled before many family, the mother, sometimes mother, sometimes father, they bring their child to see me. Then, what I will usually do, in a way, I'm giving you the trade secret. Huh? What I usually do is, I will just take out a piece of paper and ask them to write down their name. From this interaction, you can see it, see a lot of things already. Then after that, I ask them, I will ask the, if it's a child that I'm supposed to counsel, I ask the child, what is today's date? And you know, in some relationship, parent-child relationship where it's imbalanced, the parent will jump in to give the answer. Or the parent will not wait for the child to answer, but will say, Hey, Sifu won ye, Sifu won ye, you know? Yeah, so from this you can see that see that. Then the funny thing is that I sort of forgot what I want to say about parents. <laughs> what I want to say, what was I saying just now? Teach. Yeah, trade oh, secret. secret. No, no, but there was something about the. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, sorry. Uh, no, no, it's about the principle and how. Uh, oh, no, I was trying to give you all the example of what I see in the counseling sessions. Uh, what was it? Uh? Okay, let me backtrack. I was highlighting about how uh, you may not have seen this before. But, yeah, but that, that's a very crucial point. Eh? Give, me, give me a minute. <laughs> what was the last thing you all remember that I just said? No, pattern. Uh-huh. And then the parents. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My point was, I see this happen for parents and child. Then I realize that, hey, if each time this is not set up, then I just set up for you I'm actually like those parents. And whoever is helping out will never grow and never learn. So when, in the, in the past one, two weeks, I start to do lesser and lesser setup. So that whoever wish to help have a chance to try it out. And that's why when, I mean, KS is 
you, you are actually all very wonderful devotees and volunteers. But when KS say Ehawa, I purposely say cannot ask. Why? Because it if he asks and your anyhow just there's a, an approach called brute force approach. Brute force means just go through what everything press. Yeah, if you do that, you may come up with the correct combination, but you will not know why it works, you know. <laughs> so, I, I've seen so many people when they set up things, just anyhow, that day somebody even better. Projector, no, no screen, no, no projection, blue screen. Oh, uh, oh, oh, power, power. Switch off the whole computer. <laughs> so, again, I, I'm, although I'm smiling, but I'm not laughing at any of you, you know. And although sometimes when I, I may show like, like a bit picture like that, it's because I'm like, how, why can't, how, how, how do I help you all see? It's not about the setup, lah. Because it's very easy, lah. If I want to have, if my aim is to just set it up, what can you learn? Go hunting, go tell So my frustration is not with the fact that it's set up or not set up. It's with how do I help you all to understand the process, and not just memorize this process, no, but to learn how to come out with your own process. And again, this is a small matter, nothing to do with this actually, but is that. If you approach this with the kind of what be so sufu how to do it, then there's a high chance you may approach Dharma in the same way. And from what I observe, uh, not all, but some people may approach this way. And the reason why I want to highlight is not to like embarrass any of you. Hey, you know that we are like that still you still highlight. No. It's to highlight this because Actually, it's not that difficult to overcome this. And if you can overcome this, uh, you know what I, t- I told um, IT people last time in, the, in my in the, in coming side, I said, I hope that you all will learn until the point where hey, you have a choice to, uh, that you have options to go elsewhere. You have really, you know, become so good, you are sorted out. And you choose to stay. Not that you, you don't know anything, then you have to stay. Similarly, there, there are some students who ask me about how, uh, like some students, when they benefit from a class, then they feel like, oh, the way to repay Sifu is to stay on in the class forever. But that day I just, Sunday I just mentioned, San Chai Tong After San Chai Tong go to the first teacher, learn everything that he can learn, then what did the teacher say? Go to the next teacher. So it, it has always been my dream that if I can teach you all everything that I know, that's very simple. Because everything I know is just knowledge. But there's something else that I know that is so difficult to teach, which is what I'm trying to point out here. is the art of learning something on your own. Discovering something that you haven't learned before, that you haven't heard before. Because if you can do that, it means that you have understood the principle. 
you have understood the principle. And if you can do that, your confidence in the Dharma, this chapter is on approaching the Dharma. To me, that is the correct approach to approach Dharma. Not simply knowledge, but to go straight into the principle, the underlying principle. And once you can understand the principle, you can start applying. Initially, you sort of understand the principle and you try to apply, you may still be doubtful. But one day, you, based on the principle that you think you understood, then you apply further than what you have read. So, you come up with something called A. Then later you read, you continue to read the sutra, then you find that, hey, the Buddha said exactly the same thing, you know, 2,600 years ago, that you have not read. If you, before class, you, 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 you can read, uh, but if you read it, then I ask you, then you just read, from memory, tell me what you have read. No big deal. To me, to me, <laughs> who cannot do it? Five-year-old, you give him enough time, he can memorize what? But if you manage to understand the principle and then derive A, because of your understanding, you come up with A, that you have not read before, you haven't heard before, and yet later you read the Buddha's teaching, hey, hey, the Buddha said exactly what you come up with. Not just once, not just twice, but consistently. Then you know, not that wow, you are the same as Buddha, but then you know that your view is in the right direction then you will not waver in your confidence in the Dharma. You will not doubt. Even if someone kind of tell you, hey, there's this video I saw, uh, Buddha suffering in hell. <laughs> you will not waver. Because you know for yourself, yes, this is the right direction. Mm. Oh. So anyway, the uh, microphone is working. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. We, we, don't have, we don't have computer. Yeah. So we do all the, I use the manual one, no? Yes. Manual type writer. Yes, yes. I've used before the manual type writer. So convenient. Computer, no? then, then you start to learn, uh. Uh. Then, then you really, what? Mm. It's okay. Computer learn little bit is okay. Okay, so, good evening, brothers and sisters. <laughs> How are you all today? <laughs> and and, and re- remember, just now was not scolding, no. Because sometimes when I share and I get very excited, uh, then people say, t- Oh no, you sit your mail. Who did the. <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And, and to me, uh, if you can get what I'm trying to say and you, can, you manage to do, to do it right, you, you, will, you, you are confident that there is liberation you will have that confidence that there's liberation. Okay, uh, where did we stop? We stopped on at page 84. Uh, is it second paragraph? 85. Huh? 85 already, huh? Is it page 85 already? Yes, sir. Ah, okay. So, page 85. Oh, yeah. No, last five sentences. Oh, yeah, we already go through the Kalama. Huh? Okay, so... Let's continue from the last paragraph. Let's continue from the last paragraph. The fact that such texts as this Sutta and the Kalama Sutta do not dwell on the doctrines of karma and rebirth does not mean, as is sometimes assumed, that such teachings are merely 
are mere cultural accretions to the Dharma that can be deleted or explained away without losing anything essential. It means only that at the outset, the Dharma can be approached in ways that do not require reference to past and future lives. The Buddha's teachings teaching has many sides, and thus, from certain angles, it can be directly evaluated against our concern for our present well-being and happiness. Once we see that the practice of the teaching does indeed bring peace, joy, and inner security in this very life, this will inspire our trust and confidence in the Dharma as a whole, including those aspects that lie beyond our present capacity for personal verification. If we were to undertake certain practices, practices that require highly refined skills and determined effort, we would be able to acquire the faculties needed to validate those other aspects, such as the law of karma, the reality of rebirth, and the existence of supersensible realms. See text 7,4, paragraph 23 to 24, and text 2,5, paragraph 19 to 20. So, up to this point, it is still in the uh, introduction, and here, uh, wrapping up on the Kalama Sutta, the overview of the Kalama Sutta, and highlighting that while certain parts of the Buddha's teaching uh, can be applied in our day-to-day life and doesn't have any implications with or without uh, past life or future life or rebirth, uh, it doesn't mean that all the teachings uh, actually do, do, do not include rebirth. Yeah? So this is what Venerable Bhikkhu Bodhi was trying to highlight. Mm. And so this part is interesting. Once we see that the practice of the teaching does indeed bring peace, joy and inner security in this very life, this will inspire our trust and confidence in the Dharma as a whole. Yeah including those aspects that lie beyond our present capacity for personal verification. So that's why I often highlight the importance that um, to always apply the teachings to uh, our day-to-day interaction, our day-to-day grasping, attachment, uh, our frustrations in life. Uh, And exercise that I often give is just write down three frustrations in your life. Yeah? Or three things, and then one is frustration, one is an area you want to work on, one is an area you want to improve upon. Yeah? Uh, and if you can just pick the easiest one and work on it, huh, if you manage to succeed, can you imagine if you pick one thing that you are uh, frustrated with, and after three months you manage to overcome or even not overcome, but have a change in mindset, then your confidence will be <laughs> utterly different. Yeah, it will be utterly different. Okay, next paragraph. Um, let me see. Andrew, can you help? Mm. Another major problem that often beset spiritual seekers is the demand that teachers 
plays upon their capacity for trust. Uh, this problem has become especially acute in our own time when the news media gleefully spotlight the frailties, frailties of numberless gurus and jump at the chance to show up any modern day saint as nothing better than a swindler in ropes. But the problems of rogue gurus of uh, ropes gurus is a perennial one by no means peculiar in uh, peculiar to our age. Whenever one person exercises spiritual authority over others, it is not too easy for it is only person, too easy. Uh, it is only too easy for that person to be tempted to exploit the trust others place in him in ways that can be seriously detrimental to himself and his disciple. When a pupil approaches a teacher who claims to be perfectly enlightened and thus capable of teaching the path to final liberation, the pupil must have some criteria at hand for testing the teacher to determine whether the teacher truly meshes up to the lofty claims he makes about himself or that others make about him. Thank you. Good. <clears throat> so... Uh, this uh, this is one uh, area that uh, whether in Buddha's time or today it is something that is uh, prevalent but especially so um, here the highlight is uh, you notice the choice of words uh, guru <laughs> yeah because in certain lineages there's an emphasis on treating your teacher guru means teacher yeah to treat your teacher as perfect beings. Yeah, as perfect beings. Mm. Yeah. Sorry? Yeah, I just read it. Yeah. Huh? No, I... Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I went back to explain a bit more. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's okay, it's okay. It's okay to verify. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so uh, in the different lineages, the attitude towards teacher is, can be quite different. Yeah? Uh, but in my opinion, uh, instead of going from one extreme to the other extreme, absolutely, well, if your teacher says so, then it's 100%. Versus... Even if your teacher says so, who cares? To me, both are extremes. Uh. Yeah. Unless you have really grounds to, to doubt or question. Otherwise, one person say, then you question. Two person say, then you question. Then boeing. Boeing. So, in some of the traditions, we actually go out of our way to highlight that the, the focus should be on the Dharma. Whereas in some lineages, there, is, there are certain reasons why there's a focus on the teacher. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's, let's just be open about it. Uh. Uh, here, by the, by the term guru, we should know that it's talking about Tibetan uh, lineage. So, the focus in the Tibetan lineage is that to treat your teacher as though the teacher is the Buddha. Mm. 
So the trouble is, um, it is the mindset of the student to cultivate this. But why cultivate this? Um, it is based on several different accounts. Um, and the principle behind is, basically, if you, if you look at your teacher as just an average person, then even if the teacher explains to you Four Noble Truths according to the Buddha's teaching, you may suspect or doubt what he's saying. Yeah, so for them, they take the other, in a way, extreme uh, to say, uh, treat him like the Buddha. If it's the Buddha telling you, how will you treat the message? In other words, unfortunately, this message over time becomes, no, the teacher is the Buddha or the teacher is the manifestation of the Buddha or of this Bodhisattva or that Bodhisattva. Yeah, so, um, over time, I don't say all, uh, I don't say all, because in the Tibetan lineage, when you go through the formal training, right, they have this process of debates. Yeah, debates means that even if your teacher says so, you can challenge, you know. Yeah, so, it is not true that throughout the whole Tibetan lineage, is just blind worship. Yeah, but question, how many of you have been to Tibetan centers? How many of you have have uh, attended uh, sessions in your in the Tibetan centers that you have been to and have experienced open debate? I don't think so. In Singapore, I only I've only seen on YouTube one center where they recorded, yeah, then when they are they are doing the debate, right? The person who is defending uh, will sit down. Then people will take turn to come and question. And then let's say, let's say um, someone make a statement. Then he's supposed to defend this statement. And it's a, everybody knows that this is a teaching of the Buddha. Everybody will have support. But the rest will come and attack it, question it. And then it's not just like that. <laughs> so that's it's very it's very in your face, oh, like impermanent. <laughs> if impermanent, then how can it be like that? Or then it's, and then you're sitting down, the person standing up, looking down at you. <laughs> so it's a very it's very grueling, no. So it's not like Sifu asks you. So what is the first number? First number two. Imagine so. So it's actually very dynamic. So you think about it, these are very different images of what we usually see of Tibetan Buddhism. So I'm telling you this because most people never experience it, never see it before. And most of the time, what we experience in Tibetan Buddhism is the go for initiation, Quanting. But do you know how many Rinpoche have told me before? and told others before, just give them a few Let them plant some wholesome seeds. Oh. Usually, initiation, uh, they have a one week or two weeks or one month teaching. Of course, in the middle of teaching, there's some chanting, but there's very serious ch- teaching. And it's not... The, the the average teaching like uh, 要要布施哦, no it's really going into abhidharma going up to into various like more uh, profound teachings 
Nobody want to come for the class. Only a handful we are called. Then only on the last day, oh, Pai Chang Long. So usually when you go for those, when you see in the, they hold a tent, right? Then you see a lot of people, that's the last day. Everybody just turn up for last day to, re, to receive Guan Ding. But, you know, they, they choose this word very interestingly. Guan Ding, and then English translation is initiation. To initiate you. And then they also call it empowerment. On the surface, it seems wow, very mystical, like empowerment. Wow. But the real meaning is, now that I have initiated you, that means I have shown you how to start, now you are empowered to practice this path correctly. You must now start practicing it. But not the kind of, wow, I empower you, then you've got special power, got, wow, super, whatever. <laughs> but most, most of the time, most people, do, do most people want to spend that time, attend classes? And I will tell you, uh, even when they organize one week, two weeks, then after that, end with initiation, those Lama who attend, right, many of them probably practice that, that, teaching, uh, maybe it's just one mantra, maybe it's just and usually when you chant one mantra it's just that word uh, but behind is a whole school of teaching, you know, and they, they will learn, learn that for how many years? I know of a nun, you know how many years it took her to get, get initiation? Four years uh. <laughs> and four years is short, uh, mind you <laughs> she was surprised it's so quiet <laughs> And during that four years, Sijiaxing, the Tibetan Sijiaxing, and we you know, do all the prostration, visualization, refuge taking, offering, and then the chanting. Yeah. A lot of all this practice, and then must attend class, learn, study, and everything. Then the, the guru observe you over how many years? Uh, then observe, okay, this person is ready for this practice. Then, okay, go on. Thing. But unfortunately, <laughs> Singaporean, Singaporean, they got time. <laughs> you like that? Good. So, I, I mean, I, I say this not to go against what is said here. Uh, there is these two aspects. Yeah, that in the in the lineage, it is not that they chin chin chai chai also. But the trouble is, most people. If you are too... Hey, how come uh, it's still so loud? Uh, okay, it's much better. It cannot be too loud. Otherwise, it's peaking. So, over here, the highlight is not uh, targeted and saying that the whole of this or that lineage is wrong. Uh, but it is that... Because here we are talking about how to approach Dharma. But... Most people have to go through the, the guru, the teacher, to learn Dharma. Ma. So we have to highlight what is the kind of uh, attitude towards the teacher. Mm. So in the Chinese lineage, what we call xian jiao, the revealed teaching. Yeah? The Tibetan is actually what we call mi jiao, the hidden teaching, the secret teaching. That's the reason why it's called secret. And most people also don't understand. So there are certain certain aspects of the teaching 
Now, I'm just explaining according to what I've learned in the Tibetan school. It's called secret teaching, but nowadays they don't like to be called secret teaching. But if you go back to the script, it's basically mi jiao. Why is it called secret? Because there are certain things on the surface, if you don't, if you don't go through the whole teaching, it doesn't seem to make sense. So one example that was given to me was, for example, think about this statement. If you just hear this, you may get terrified and run away. No? Then, then, no? then you may feel like, oh, no, this is not Buddhism. But this is actually from Dhammapada. Like. So in, the, in this Mi Jiao, they say this cannot be openly taught. Only those who are ready to listen to the whole teaching, then you can teach them. So the so why is Safu Samu? Fu Gamu is not referring to your physical father and mother. It's referring to craving and clinging. Ah. So Kremma Safu Samu Sutanalohan. Now if you think that this is something that Hominarinchulaida or Sifu Zichangai, you can look at the Pali Canon. There are people who in the Buddha's time you think the Buddha never let people say rubbish about him? People also say. So someone came and asked Buddha, eh, we, eh, it's heard that Gautama ascetic that you teach that killing is okay. Eh, First precept, Panatipata, Virama, Nesikapadam, Samadhi, Ami. How can the Buddha be teaching that? But when the Buddha heard this, Buddha chose Buddha. Huh? Buddha said, well, there's one way that that statement is correct. And it is if the person mean to, that the Tathagata was saying, kill off ignorance. Kill off craving. Kill off attachment. Kill off greed, hatred, delusion. Uh, then that statement is correct. Uh, so the verse from Dhammapada has its basis in the Sutta. But such teachings, if you if you just, uh, in a way, openly hear, sometimes people just hear, see the first line, or they just copy, copy and paste uh, the first line, uh, then you have a problem. Yeah. So, whereas for Xian Jiao, we, will, we don't keep some things here or some things there. Everything we will explain, explain, explain. That's why our Dharma talk so long. Huh? <laughs> so... Um, Okay, so today I want to try something else. Zigzag. Uh, zigzag. Mm. Oh, you're also thinking. Mm. Okay. Like? In the Vima Saka Sutta, Vima Saka Sutta, Vima Saka Sutta, text 3. That's uh, comma four. The Buddha lays down guidelines by which a monk can test the Tathagata. Tathagata. Mm. That is, the Buddha to evaluate his claim to be perfectly enlightened. One benchmark of perfect enlightenment is freedom of the mind from all departments. If a monk directly cannot directly see into the Buddha's own mind, he can never deal us rely on indirect evidence to ascertain that Buddha is free from, 
from defilements. That is, by evaluating the Buddha's bodily deeds and speech, he can infer that the Buddha's mental states are exclusively pure, uninfluenced by greed, hatred, and delusion. In addition to such observational interference, inference. inference, the Buddha further encouraged the monk to approach him and directly inquire about his mental states. Thank you. Very good. Mm. So this is about how to verify. Uh, in this case, the specific example in this Vimamsaka Sutta is, to, is that the Buddha even teach the disciple. How do you know that the Tathagata, the Buddha, is actually enlightened? Yeah. Very interestingly, in another class, I, Sufu actually told them, I said, you cannot tell what? Can you read people's mind? You cannot. Uh, so you can only, only look at their body and speech to identify. Ah, from there you can infer whether the person okay, is pure to, to what degree. Yeah. The point is that if the person in terms of body and speech already has, uh, has a lot of roughness and harmfulness, then you don't even have to guess whether the, the mind is pure. Uh, but one thing, uh, even if the person's body and speech uh, is, seems to be quite okay, you cannot immediately jump to the conclusion that the person's mind is pure uh, or purified. The Buddha highlighted that you should observe this person in private and in public over a period of time uh, and see whether the person is consistent. Uh, then you can see this person's mind is, you know, so next once the Buddha gains confidence that the Buddha is a qualified teacher he then puts the master to the ultimate test he learns his teaching and serves upon the practice and penetrate the Dharma by direct knowledge this act of penetration here equivalent at minimum to the attainment of stream entry brings the gain of invisible fate, the fate of one who, have, who is established upon the irreversible path leading to final relief. Thank you. Good. Mm, so, beyond just observing the teacher, as a disciple, you have to then put the teachings to the test. Yeah. Yeah, because ultimately, it is this step that gains you the unshakable, irreversible faith and confidence. Yeah? Only by testing out the teaching. Testing out the teaching. Yeah? Mm. Right? Taken in isolation, the Vinvasaka might give the impression that one acquires faith only after gaining realization of the teaching. And since realization is self-validating, faith would then become redundant. This impression, however, would be one-sided. The point the sutta is making is that faith becomes invincible as a result of realization. Not that faith first enters the spiritual path 
only when one attains realization. Thank you. Mm. So this is the thing that I have been highlighting. Um, or rather, this is one of the things I've been highlighting. Uh, sometimes when students attend Dharma class, especially those who attend Dharma class, doesn't mean you all, uh, but usually those who go for Pai Pai, as in go for Puja, chanting, their faith is super strong. Uh, but that kind of faith on surface is very strong. But it's very, actually very brittle strong. Brittle in a sense, if you break, if you smash it hard enough, it will just smash and totally, it's totally gone. Because that kind of faith is more based on spiritual fervor. When you have faith through, through puja and so on, it's devotion. It's a kind of spiritual fervor. Yeah. Not because you understand the teaching. But oh, you, when you go for chanting, I don't know about your, but even for Sifu, when I last time attend all those long puja, early, early on, in my earlier days, I feel a bit frustrated. But over time, wow, I start to enjoy it, you know. Wow, I really feel, wow, really feel spiritual. As I've illustrated in classes before, if you just read, Namo Tasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa. Versus you chant Namo Tasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddho. Wow, the, the feeling is different, no? And then imagine a few hundred monks together. Namo Tasa. Wow, the feeling. Wow, Buddha is here, man. <laughs> you know? But that feeling is just a feeling, it's not based on penetration into the truth. So, you start off with that, okay, but cannot end with that. You end with that, jialat. Why? Because if one day you pray for something and you don't get it, oh, no more faith. And it's totally from 1,000% to zero. And will become minus 1,000. No. <laughs> if a person falls sick, then Pray, 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 never get well, jialat. Then somebody else come and pray, suddenly recover. Well, you see, that one more powerful. <laughs> Liao. Because it's not based on understanding. I've seen before, uh, I've not, when I say see, I don't mean that I know the person directly. But it's uh, someone that, uh, who is close to me, that person knows this case. So it's as good as a direct knowing that there are, there are those who attend Fahui for so many years. And I don't say just Chinese Buddhism. I think in all different lineages, if a person just attend chanting, 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 chanting is very good because it starts you with that initial faith. Uh, and that, that's the important point here. Faith is required initially. To get you started, ma, if you don't have faith, you won't even come for class. Some of you heard it through other friends, right? Among yourself. But if you have never attended Sifu's class before, or you haven't read this book before, now suddenly there's this class, why should you attend? You must have faith either in your friend, or in Sifu, or in this book, or in Venerable Bhikkhu Bodhi, or in the Buddha. Must be from somewhere. Then you say, okay, I'll come and hear. But if after the first lesson you hear, then, then maybe after that you don't attend. It's okay. Uh, but if you were to attend anywhere, 
then up to some point, as I mentioned earlier, then you verify. Then that faith is, as highlighted here, different. Yeah, but here, Venerable Bhikkhu Bodhi highlights something that I sometimes miss out, which is that this is invincible faith, meaning that it cannot be shaken. Yeah? Uh, but before that, there is also faith. And before that, you can also have very strong faith. Yeah? Uh, so there is that progression. When you have faith, then you will listen. You listen, you have knowledge. With knowledge, you have more faith. Then you contemplate on the knowledge, then your faith lagi better, become even more enriched. Yeah. And later on, when you practice and then you verify it, then it becomes invincible. Uh, then nobody can shake you. Huh? Quack. Mm. Yes. So, faith is the first of the five spiritual faculties. Uh, next. Yeah, you have a question. Yes, come. But in the past, the elderly, their faith is very strong and it's quite unshakable. Not the current, but in the World War II or whatever, you know, 1950s, that kind. Why is it like they seem to be more hardy and able to withstand hardship and still hold on to that faith? Kind of thing, but nowadays, maybe I don't know what is it. Is it due to a lot of choices, a lot of like, information yeah. overload? So a bit, a bit, we get shaken. And mm. but last time, those people they hold on to that faith and they also go by chanting, but not learning by the text. But what is the difference and what make them? Wait, wait. She, she asked Sufu. Yeah, yeah. also got many religions. We have still many religions. In China? No, Singapore. Singapore. So when are you talking about? Which time? 1950s. 1950s. Uh. So in 1950s, uh, let's just look at Chinese. Uh. I, I cannot speak for other races because I... I don't know that well. But in the 50s, uh, already you have English and Chinese ad. You have those who are Paranakan, those who are more English speaking. Or they just, because they just don't speak Chinese, for example. So, because they cannot speak, they cannot join chanting. So, for these people, maybe initially they still go because family drag there, then they go. But, I have, I know of someone who told me firsthand, uh, because initially go go go, then cannot understand. Then and besides that, because of the fact that they are like they cannot really communicate in Chinese, so feel very ostracized. Some of them turn to Theravadan Buddhism. Uh, so, like for example, if you go to uh, that, what is that, uh, Mangala Vihara. Yeah, ah, there are a lot of Chinese there, uh, but they are mostly Pranakan, Baba. If you go to, uh, uh, then I heard from one minister, he, he talked about Teochew history. 
he said Serangoon area uh, a lot of them uh, I think don't know Baba or what lah. then anyway uh, I don't know how true uh, or whether I remember correctly then he said so a lot of them at that point in time converted to Christianity right? because rejected so those who uh, the, the group that you talk about are those who are usually illiterate so illiterate no choice or so last time I heard my father say for Chinese we he he said something like we Chinese is the worst. <laughs> So, I don't know how true, but apparently it's quite true that generally Chinese Chinese are very, in a way, practical people. If it works, who cares? So, for us, faith is a, you know, in a way, it has to do with this sentence. This is, this is our Chinese from Lao Zi Zhuangzi that, that time one of the verses so it, it means that for Chinese our, our mindset is with respect to spiritual matters ghosts, la, God, la, whatever la, uh, have respect but keep your distance uh, why? because you don't know whether later something go wrong uh, you, don't, you don't know how to settle uh, so for Chinese, once you find one that okay, on one hand anything works. On the other hand, because Amma Mpazi Lubika Novina Church buys me. So there are a lot of reasons. Yeah. Uh, you ask me the reason, I can think of this uh, circumstantial reason. But over that over time, uh, people become more affluent, become more educated. And also the churches start to also reach out to... I mean, I'm just stating it as a fact. Uh, you go and look at most churches. This is something that we should learn from the churches, honestly. For them, they have service in the morning, Hokkien service, Teochew service, Chinese service, then English service. Then sometimes they have Filipino service. Ours? No. Ours is Chinese monastery. Masu Chinese. Even using English, cannot. Then how, how, how? No wonder our numbers are declining. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Why is it that in this class or in all the classes, I say either we use English or we use Chinese? Yeah. Not that I'm against using Chinese. Uh. I, it, last time in Tsiguang, in Tsiguang, I was using Chinese. So, Tsiguang students, they will always come to Huh? Slang? <laughs> it's slang. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't think I slang. <laughs> yeah, last Yeah. It's true. Yeah, So, okay. Uh. Mm. So, to, to me, um, of course, there's other other influence also. Because in the past, 
which son or daughter dare to threaten the the parents that if you don't go to the, go to church with me, then I will I will send you the to the uh, old, old folks home. Who dare to say such things? Well, now the whole family come down and whack him, man. But now they have. Now this it happens. <laughs> I mean, sadly lah. But I I don't say that all Christians do that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's true. So I uh, come, let's come back to the text. Um, faith is the first of the five spiritual psychologies. And in some degree, as trusting confidence in the Buddha's enlightenment and in the main principles of his teaching, it is a prerequisite for the higher training. We see faith functioning in this preparatory role in text 3, comma 5, five a long excerpt from the Chanki Sutta. Here the Buddha explains that a person who has faith in something preserves truth. When he says, this is my faith, he preserves truth because he merely states what he believes without jumping to the conclusion that what he believes is definitely true and anything else is anything else contrary to it false. Okay, thank you. Mm. So this is towards the last part of uh, the, the, this chapter and, he, and, and in this sutta I talk about the preservation of truth and then later on there's a part about uh, discovery of truth and then final arrival at truth yeah so uh, next person the Buddha controls the preservation of truth Sacha Nurakana Sacha Nurakana with the discovery of truth Sacha Satcha means truth. Satcha means truth. Which begins by placing faith to a teacher who has proved himself worthy of trust. Having gained faith in such a teacher, one then approaches him for instruction, learns the Dhamma, practices it according to a series of steps more finely calibrated than the preceding text. And finally, sees the supreme truth for oneself. Thank you. So, so this part, uh, the whole process is very interesting. The other day, uh, Mei Zhen came over and uh, had lunch, and then after that, consulted me on this text. So, she was lamenting on how how the time she, because of work, she cannot come for class. So she was asking me like, so where are you on now? I said chapter 3. Then uh, you can see from her book notes that it's actually around midway already. Yeah. But then she was telling me that, uh, that uh, because of work, yeah, then now she's not been reading up. So the other time I told her, oh, you have to find time. Book is well, but <laughs> so that day she came over. Then she was going through with me. Uh, the the last part of chapter three, yeah, so there's something exciting 
I mean, the whole book is exciting uh, to me. Yeah, but that part is very interesting because it talks about the whole sequence from having faith in a, in the teacher, then uh, visiting, then lending ear, then uh, hearing, then from there knowing uh, you have uh, know, knowing of the teachings and so on. The whole sequence, all the way leading to enlightenment. Yeah. Uh, so look forward to it. Uh, who is next? Uh, come. Sakcha Sakcha Lukati that is the attainment of Arahantship or final liberation. One must repeat, develop and complete the same series of steps until one has fully absorbed and assimilate the supreme truth disclosed by the by the initial vision. Thus the entire process of training in the Dharma is rooted in even faith should be rooted in investigation and inquiry and not based solely upon emotional learning and blind belief. Faith alone is insufficient but is the door to deeper levels of experience. Faith serves as a spur to practice. Practice is to experimental understanding. Experiential. It blossoms. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> it's not easy. Uh. Uh, I really appreciate you all coming for class and uh, bearing with the reading. Yeah. Uh, in all classes, even last time, whenever people have to read or stand up to speak, it's quite stressful. Huh? Do you all feel stressed? Yeah. Oh, so. <laughs> Yeah. No, because I no. don't, I don't speak well. It no, doesn't matter whether you I like. like yeah. So, so again, why is it that Sufu want you all to read? Yeah. You know, since young, again, again, uh, I must bring in Christianity, and again, I must say this is one area we must learn from them. Do you know why a lot of people, some people, will be mistaken to be Christian? Who are those who are usually mistaken to be Christian, even though they are Buddhist? Those who are more outspoken, those who are more English-speaking. Even though they are English-speaking Buddhists, but usually we are more soft-spoken, not so outspoken. Uh, and this is not by chance, you know, because I have attended church services before. They actually would encourage them to speak. And before the service, they were actually... Uh, sort of train with them, go through many rounds to give them confidence. Why? Because if even among friends, Dharma friends, there's no one else. Uh, we we if in this environment, then we can train ourselves to have that confidence to speak. And why is it that seems like you know at work, wow, Christians are very visible? Actually, I don't blame them for that. No, it's because they have the environment to train themselves to be confident to speak up. So at work, they confidently talk about their work and they confidently talk about their faith. Yeah, but Buddhism, 
are you a Buddhist? Uh, no, my, my parents go, they are, they go temple, so I go temple. Uh, why? Why? Because we don't know enough about the teaching. We are afraid people will ask us. Uh, so after this, so many classes, uh, we should have more and more confidence. Yeah? At work, and anywhere, we can tell people, I'm a Buddhist. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, I want to just highlight one, one other point here. The last paragraph, the last few lines. Um, uh, one, so, having achieved the vision of truth to reach the final arrival at truth, Satcha Nupati, that is, the attainment of arahanship or final liberation, one must repeat, develop and cultivate the same series of steps until one has fully absorbed and assimilated the supreme truth disclosed by that initial vision. Remember what Sifu uh, occasionally will say? Yeah, you, you, you think about it, the teachings, not difficult to understand, ma but you haven't internalized. You haven't experienced it. But after that, you must keep experiencing it again and go through it again and again and again until one day you see him. <laughs> uh, this is what it, it means. Uh-huh. Ah, very good. Yeah. Oftentimes, it is not that Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's not that uh, others just want to talk about their religion. It's that when they want to talk to you about our faith, we don't dare to talk. So they talk about their faith. Uh, I'd, I'd say all this don't mean that we must go out to attack people's religion. But at least we should be confident of our own. So we must learn to talk. Uh. <laughs> you want to know that. Mm. Oh. Okay, can I? Very good. Huh? Uh, Kalama Sutta. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, don't worry, that will come out later. Okay? Right, Yen